Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm General Ramius. General Ramius, this is Hold Up. We can't stop doing Sean Connery when we do Hold Up. <laughs> this is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Some things in here don't react well to bullets. Cue the theme song. I present you the ballistic missile submarine red approach. I'm a politician, which means I'm a cheat and a liar. And when I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing their lollipops. You are an ass. You've killed us. Personally, I give us one chance in three. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. The hard part about playing chicken is knowing when to flinch. I would like to have seen Montana. So in... I can't do Sean Connor. Oh, Sean Connery's the best. Your Connery's okay. In 1990, <laughs> as long as you have the S's, sure. then it's pretty close. I'm not sure. Ramius. Um, 1990 got us Hunt for Red October. Um, Tom Clancy movie come to life. One of the first in the Jack, it is the first in the Jack Ryan chronicles, I guess, that made it to film. Um, and later on, Harrison Ford took over as the title character. I'd be very interested to know why um, Alec Baldwin wasn't maybe considered, or maybe he was for the newer Jack Ryan movies, um, Clear and Present Danger and whatever? I think he was. Like, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I remember back in the day, I think he, he was either offered something or, or turned it down or there was a scheduling conflict and they went ahead without wow. him. And then after that, they just kept changing yeah. the fucking Jack Ryan character because they were like, well, they're still making money, so we're not going to pay the last guy more money if we can just throw fucking Ben Affleck in there or whoever the fuck else they use. Jesus. How many people? <laughs> it's Ben Affleck. Uh, it's Sean Connery. Harrison it's Ford. Harrison Ford. Sean Connery was never John And then Ryan. isn't Chris... Uh, oh, it's the guy from uh, Star The Trek. Office. The guy not from Chris the Pine. Office a TV oh, Chris show. Pine was Jack Ryan for That's what movie. I'm saying. There's been like five... Shadow and, recruits. And now the new are Jack Ryan. Well, they've yeah. become like Bonds, right? Like there's John. But this is John a weird Krasinski? character. Yeah, John Krasinski. For the TV. Yeah. Yeah. He is. It's interesting because like Jack Ryan's not that interesting a character. His whole claim to fame in, along the books is that he is kind of a do-gooder, idealist, not insanely talented, but he does have the military background, but he's more of an analyst. And he just ends up getting into a couple of fortunate situations. Well, I mean, fortunate for well, his career, a, I suppose. Is, this is the, he's an academic again, being asked to do things that are, are spy things. And then he's like, but I'm not really a spy. He's always says that. He's like, but I'm that's not, not really, agent. Yeah. that's not really my thing. And they're like, well, yeah, I got to do it anyway to save the world. Yeah. So he just keeps getting thrown in. Actually, this <laughs> movie, this movie <laughs> I know establishes. say that. It'll be James Earl Jones who'd say that, maybe. In in the title uh, sequence for this movie, I hadn't really paid much attention to it with the nice Russian music in the background, but it shows all of the books and models and research that Jack Ryan does considering like naval battles and submarines and all that kind of stuff, which is part partly for the work he does, but he's a book writer as well. Um, he wrote that book on Admiral Halsey. Um, right. Before the credits are out, you realize that he's a fucking expert in this. Yeah, which was I hadn't noticed it before, so it seemed a little off. And then the fact that they said he wrote a book about this stuff, I'm like, is he he's the CIA agent that wrote a book on naval tactics? But it looks like it's a true passion of his. So, um, I think, but I mean, he's an analyst and stuff, and he's writing books on the side for yeah. What because the the opening does establish that he had a ton of 
of research and all those things in his office. So well, you're he's, right. He's yeah. obsessed with Ramius in particular. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and I don't know if it's because of assignment or because of interest through like respect because of his interest in that whole like submarine, uh, naval kind of fucking warfare slash. Yeah, whatever. I think he likes the but strategy he is and stuff. Like pinned on that. I mean, this is really at the end of the movie, like not to skip ahead, but because of all the stuff they established, it's a big dream come true for him to be involved almost in that on the naval tactics with 100%. this guy that's so high level. He's yeah. commanded by it's him. It's a huge incident. In the end of yeah, it. Yeah. And a, another talented captain. It's yeah. a huge uh, international incident that involves the thing that he really loves, which is like naval tactics. And uh, he could never tell anyone. No. Pretty much. Espionage. He, I said at the end of this, as they're drifting into whatever bay with the Red October and him and Ramius are talking on the deck and Ramius is like, I like fishing. Do you like fishing? Anyway. <laughs> um... I, you realize that that's the last time Jack Ryan will ever see Ramius because Ramius is going to be put into some kind and of program. And I disagree. Program. I think they could go fishing. Yeah, no, I think. I'm just saying, like, he already knows everything. And what are they hiding from him? Yeah, but they need to keep him hidden. So, so, like, so. later when you're John Krasinski, we'll go fishing. <laughs> you just, like, meet. They could, like, arrange a secret fishing trip somewhere. Oh, interesting. Through the, uh, through the witness protection program or whoever's going to be Brought hiding him. mountain style. Anyway, Maybe. so he's on the plane. He's got his daughter's teddy bear. Yeah, and then uh, he meets Stanley. the uh, very, very famous uh, voice of uh, James Earl Jones. This is CNN. Yeah, and James Earl Jones is what is he? Is he, is he the director? James Earl Jones was. I don't. Like, who can do that kind of baritone? That's a terrible voice. James Earl Jones. Nice job, Jack. This. I is still got CNN. a bit of Connery. Yeah, I was just doing Connery <laughs> Can't as well. Can't stop the Connery. This is CNN. Jesus, Jack. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I have a really low voice. I can't. I got no accents um, or impressions. Yeah. James Earl Jones, though, plays... Uh, is the he the Adler. director of the CIA? James? No, he's no. Uh, he is deputy director of intelligence. Mm. I'm trying to remember because that, that comes into it more... Ah. So, yes. Yeah. He, he's a high-ranking. Yeah, no. He's, a, he's an intelligence officer at the highest level of that. He reports up to the secretary... Of state, yeah, because they have a big level meeting in the White House with like he briefs the guy the, who briefs the president. They so. have like the top brass yeah. in that meeting. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of big players, and Brian's in over his head. He, he's like never done anything like this before, so that's really interesting. To yeah, see. I love that walk towards the uh, briefing room where he finds out that he's going to yeah. be. Yeah, he's the given room. the briefing. You are. Yeah, and with all those people, and then he's like stops and freezes, and he's like has to go back and get him. Yeah. So come on, let's go. Yeah. You can do this. And then he ends up st really being inappropriate with one of the head guys. He with one of the generals. The general, yeah. yeah. He messed with you and you squashed him like a bug. That guy's my opinion. He deserved it. Monologue bugs me. I'm a politician. So yeah. that means that I'll do whatever the like he's like, I'm a fucking I'll slap babies and steal yeah. money. When I'm not and... kissing babies, I'm stealing the lollipops. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a really terrible weird... dialogue. That was fucking super out of it's, place. It didn't me. make. It didn't need. To, yeah, it didn't need to be in there. Just say like, I like to fucking hedge my bets. What do you got to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally true. He didn't need to uh, come off. He didn't so need fucking, to be an evil fucking person. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. he was just super self-deprecating about, he just, he about says, his profession and what he did. Yeah, it says what everybody is thinking about politicians, but there was no need for it. That was probably the worst dialogue of the movie. Well, 
Absolutely, it's the worst dialogue in the movie. It stands and, out of the guy's smarmy to an unpleasant degree. Yeah. Thinking about a guy stealing lollipops at but a But then he's thing. helpful and never turns around to be an evil dick again. So that whole thing has no fucking purpose. It no. just no. wastes my time. And then there's the totally... And it seems out of character. And then there's the stake raising where they want to send Jack on the mission to find out if Ramius really does want to defect. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you have four days or three, something? Three days. He has three days oh, to prove his case. Oh, because there's four days till he can launch. And let me tell you that Jack Ryan goes at that hard. Like the, the course of events he has to go through in like finding uh, that sub and, and then the whole transfer over to the sub where he's floating above in the helicopter. And when they say it's not going to work, he just goes into the water, having been briefed that he has about a four-minute survival period. He's right beside the sub. I don't disagree with the move. I don't know. It's just, that's, that's. They told him he would die in that water. Yeah. In four minutes, but he's right beside the sub and he would know that subs have rescue divers and stuff yeah. like that on the ready whenever a transition is happening. That's so true. But they he do. He dove in knowing that he'd be saved. The, the stakes are there though. It just shows how dedicated he is to the whole. Yeah. The they, whole yeah. Crash. It doesn't mean it's not. But we got to, we got to get away from Ryan now and talk about um, the, the secondary sub the or the Russians. Well, the Russians, because that whole story is very well written as well. Yeah, they give it up um, fairly soon that um, they are indeed defecting. Which yeah, is, and I like that actually. Yeah, no, I do too because it, it helps to show, it helps to focus on the intrigue more and more um, when you know that they are trying to defect, but people believe other things. I feel like Sean Connery's the one who like goes the distance because he fucking breaks that motherfucker's neck. Yeah, well, oh, right. he's yeah, committed, yeah. but you can tell also that he's the one that put it together. I know it's, it's super just... interesting to me as his character because he is such a hugely respected and senior member of like the Ru and like if you think about the Russian like uh, aristocracy arist aristocracy and um, all of their like naval and military kind of like uh, arrangements and and just like the whole socialist thing over there and stuff like that. He's like a very important person. Oh yeah, and but he trains he, all their sub captains. Yeah, yeah. And he has, yeah, the whole crew is, is officers that he trained, they say. So he would have been able to pick them all. Yeah. And, um, and he defects because he sees the ethical, um, the moral right. Dilemma, yeah. He's, he even says later, he's like, this, like, this ship was built for one reason, right? Yeah. And, uh, and he couldn't stand that. I, but yeah. you also get a hint that his wife was an idealist and maybe fucking kind of not poisoned his ear, but poisoned his ear away from that. From it, that thing to, she, to being more yeah. in like the moral enlightened. Um, high ground. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, enlightened him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, so they would have also lived through, and this would be nearing up the end of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he he says it well um, when he's talking to um, Sam Neill's character in the room. And he's like, we've been, we're in a war, a war with no battles, um, no victories, only casualties. And yeah. really, if you think about it, like there's never been th that we know of anyway, a large scale sub battle. So he's right. They, for like 40 years, they'd be going out and they'd be hunting, but never having fights ever. And then it would just wear on people. And, and I think he's especially talking about his wife died while he was at sea. So he's like, fuck all this shit. Like everything we've gone through here has been for nothing. And now we're at a, now we're at a point where we've built this device which can which can only kill people. So I'm gonna like nip this in the bud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to think um, in in a, using a real life example that when the Americans developed the the nuclear bomb, um, there were American scientists who were like, it's not right that only one country has this, and that if any other country threatens to develop it, we would just nuke them, and that would be it. So actually, it was American scientists who gave the plans for the nuclear device over to the Russians who were trying to make it work, but just couldn't. 
Really? Yeah. So they had people and those people, they didn't hate America. They were like, this is the only way that the world stay fair is if these plans get over to the Russians, then they have it. And then all of a sudden we won't be doing anything. Yeah, overt. it's totally true that I remember all of that, reading all that. It's yeah, because they knew if b both powers didn't have it, that the possibility of someone outside. using it was going to be more likely. Yeah. I am become so, death destroyer yeah. of worlds. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew that as as academics and and bright scientists and smart, very smart men, they knew the only way was that if there was assured destruction on both sides. Yeah. To keep it from being from used, being yeah. destroying the whole planet. Little yeah. did they know the plan the whole time was just to drop a couple nukes on Japan and then disarm all of them and throw away the plans. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. They could have done that too, but once the cat was out of the bag, there's like nothing <laughs> they not could true. do. That's no, not, know, true. It's not true. But there's anyway, so Ramius was kind of taking that. He's they have this supreme uh, weapon, yeah, and then uh, he's he's making sure that it's mutually assured. If the if the Russians were to build a second one, Americans would build one, and then. But I mean, that's all pu also put to bed though by the fact that Jonesy on the American sub, um, the Dallas finds a way to track the sub no problem on its maiden voyage you're like oh i i listened to it on 10 times speed and it's machine now i can track it we'll just enter that into all our computers and they'll never be able to sneak by us again so they rendered the red october useless it was, it was very coincidental and beneficial that they had that genius um audiophile on board though yeah if he didn't they wouldn't have discovered it they maybe probably would have later and bringing yeah. up that story this is actually a movie that has three stories it's jack ryan's story and it's the dallas the people on the dallas jonesy and the captain yeah, and mm -hmm. it's the russian sub yep so it's really and the interesting structure because it's like three different stories that can all culminate and come together for the big finale they do all like little, interesting little, storytelling little touches of uh, diplomacy in those those two guys offices I love those well. two guys in the office every one of their interactions is a pleasure to watch where they you, you know that the American knows what's up and so he acts so shocked and you know the Russians lying and so he's like getting off on top and then when it finally comes down to the last scene where he's like we have another sub lost and maybe oh. we'll be able to search the wreckage one day and the Americans like ah perhaps we got your boat motherfucker yeah you mean the, yeah the yeah. two diplomats yeah the two diplomats i love that it's scenes. all good yeah the diplomatic immunity guy from lethal weapon 2 it's all chess game yeah diplomatic immunity. i know and i i feel like that's uh i feel like it's so interesting in the times that we're living in right now with with the current president of the united states that i feel like a lot of those conversations are no longer happening anymore that used to be very standard between two countries is the Trade diplomats craft. would get together now the current leader just tweets out whatever he thinks without any diplomatic. Well, he also just talks to Russia directly. But I'm just saying no diplomatic. <laughs> but I'm just saying no diplomatic uh, communications. Like generally, what would happen in the White House is, is if they're going to release a statement, the the diplomats would talk, and then the president would have someone write something up, and then he would release a statement saying like. Through, through negotiations and conversations now he's just like on his toilet and he's like i'm gonna bomb fucking north korea the end sad and then like people are like what <laughs> what did he just say did he say he's gonna what just when he was taking a shit on the toilet with his smartphone he's just like putting out things in the air the guy drinks like six diet coke and mcdonald's every day he's guaranteed spending vast amounts of time on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> so it's just strange because i almost feel like this style of uh po politics and diplomacy no longer exists in the united states right maybe it will go back once there's new uh, leadership but who knows but i really do love those those scenes yeah um, because we know everything and the two of them don't 
So those conversations are so much more fun for us. Well, they us. each know, each of those diplomats know what's up, but they're just, they're lying to each other and they don't know what the other one knows. That's so what that's I'm, what, yeah, that's what we, makes it We are the fun. fly on the wall who knows all of the information. Yeah. And, and even and we, the guy lies about what he doesn't know later. He's like, oh, part of the, the, the challenge of my job is not being told like imperfect information from, from, Mother but we Russia. know yeah. he knew. Yeah. But we know he knew, yeah. So that's what's all, so great yeah. about it. Yeah. That's why they're diplomats. They're good at what they do. Oh, the president just didn't say for me to do this. Mm, well, that's why yeah. I think we talked about it when we watched this. We were like, so how do you fucking hire a diplomat? You just look for the guy in the room full of shit, like yeah. the most full of shit <laughs> yeah. person. And you're like, you're perfect. <laughs> it's you. It's you. You did it. Um, Connery hires diplomats too they do a really good job developing many characters in this movie to the point where you like them because you get enough time with Jonesy you respect the American sub-captain a lot even Cobb the chief of the boat you get to know his character enough like they tell a fun story that gets you into it but then they're all very serious about their jobs and the same goes for the Russians you spend a bit more time with the Russians um, getting Ramius and um, what's what's Sam Neill's character's name? Number one Vasily Vasily? Uh, that sounds right when I say it like Conway. Vasily. It does sound right. Borden, there you go. Borden, whatever. Vasily, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Bor Borum. And then even like other members of their uh, officers who are in on the, the diversion, especially the uh, engineer you, guy. You need more focus on that story because you need to develop how that's that's a bigger move. Because you, you need to get behind them. It would have been so easy at the time to do a movie where you just hate the Russians. But in this one, you're like, you, you see where they're coming from and they're actually quite noble people. So the thing is, that's interesting to me is that they talk about how Connery, um, like his wife's dead, he has no one, no one to leave behind. So yep. he can defect no problem. Yeah. Guaranteed not the case with all of these guys that are defecting with him. Maybe They're that's all how he... running from his family, from their family. Yeah. No, maybe. Like my wife is a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. Like he's the one that's leaving nothing behind for him. It's just greener pastures. Yeah. But what about, uh, the dream of Montana. Like he's probably got something at home. Somebody's he didn't got seem someone. Like it. He said he was going to need a couple of wives. He didn't talk about what he was giving up. And they also, oh, Jack Ryan yeah. made the point to say that because he trained most of their officers, he'd have his pick of the litter on who he could get to. Yeah. But think about it. That's a high percentage of people with like orphans. Maybe yeah. it could be, but this is Russia. So come on. I mean, how much do you care? Yeah. <laughs> I go home to my farm or I go to America and raise rabbits. I get yeah, beat from my boss. I get beat from my is. wife. I get beat everywhere. But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a, <laughs> I, beat, <laughs> I beat things. Um, okay, let's talk for a sec about effects. Um, there's a couple of the shots where the subs are above water, like going along with the control tower part sticking out that... Must have been just large-scale models. Obviously, they weren't working with real subs. The first shot of the Red October is garbage. It's not the best. You can tell the, the sub, the missile hatches are painted on and not actual You mean the hatches. pictures of it? No, no, no. The, when they're riding out of the bay, being towed by the boats. Oh, are they being towed? They would be, yeah. Oh, like, I To didn't, a certain point. I didn't channel. know that. I thought those boats were just escorting them. No, there's a couple of tugs and... Um, but yeah, no, not great. And then everything underwater, you know, it's not the worst. You can tell that the, it's models. Um, there's one, there's one part where the subs going over a underwater mountain and then angles down. That kind of looks like shit, but most of the stuff is okay. When they get that one sub to pop out of the water, the Dallas, when it blows up out of the water, like that looked really cool. Yeah. I don't know if that was a model or how they would have done that. It could have been easily done with miniatures that. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I, I like once again when the script's okay, the special effects. 
Yeah, it all got the point across. The the only other thing I'll say about any kind of effects is um, when the rescue, when the Russian sub has the nuclear quote unquote accident and they're getting the crew off, uh, it shows Sean Connery and Sam Neill's character standing up on the deck of the boat and it's supposed to be raining and really windy and water blowing everywhere, but it's just like a, a, a frame of rain that they put in front of the frame of the guys talking on the boat because mm-hmm. there's a lot of moisture flying around and neither one of them get wet. Yeah. They're just perfectly dry looking through binoculars that don't have any perspiration or not perspiration, but any precipitation on them. So that, that I noticed this time, but it, it, none of it, none of it took me out too bad. It's not that important. The whole, the whole part of this movie is the espionage. And it's interesting. The two types of spy stories I think that you can do. Number one would be more like this with the red October where you know exactly what's going on almost from the start. Yeah. But they're showing you how this all develops and how the espionage goes back and forth and the learning and discovery and some of the luck that goes with it in this particular case. And then there are other spy movies where they hide exactly what the truth is from you throughout the whole thing. And then you're kind of left at the end saying, did they give me enough clues to figure this out? Or did they just purposely wait until the last five minutes to be like, and I'm the bad guy yeah. kind of thing. Cause I, I kind of prefer this way. It makes me feel like I'm more in on some of the stuff that's going on. Um, like spy game might be an okay example of that where, you know, some of the, you get to look back on some of the espionage that they were doing and none of it has to be this big secret. I don't know. It makes me feel smarter and more like I'm part of it. If I know what the real story is and I'm watching everything unfold and people kind of playing to that. So I kind of prefer the way the red October did it that way. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that is a great way of storytelling because it's not about you finding out what's going on. It's about you seeing the outcome when everyone else figures it out. Yeah. Which is like super interesting actually. Yeah. That's a great way of telling these types of stories to give the, like you said, make the audience feel like they're smart. Yes. And they know more than everybody because that, that, that's just a, a delightful way to listen to a story or hear a story. I agree. Brent's hiding behind his microphone. Emerging like a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also got pretty good access in this movie to uh, military stuff. So they got on an aircraft carrier for a couple of shots. Um, the sub stuff, lots of boat stuff, plane, helicopters, dropping in stuff. I don't know. They, they did a really good job. Submarines have to be really tense places to work. Um, and when you hear like high speed screw torpedo in the water and like the sub battles they have later on when the, uh, uh, Tupolev comes and finds them, um, and they have their little battle there. That's really good. Um, they do a pretty good job of, um, keeping you aware of the, the, the geography of where everybody is in regards to the battle and how far and the timings of how long the impact and Actually, all that stuff. Actually, they do a really good job of a lot of that. Cause none Which of this would be, would hard be and confusing. It yeah. would be right. And like. Top Gun, as an as a comparison for the action scenes there, the planes are flying like very close to each other, making like missile shots. If you look into what actual uh, plane battles are like, uh, air, air battles, it's like long drawn out maneuvers that you know you know five minutes before it happens that you've got this guy. He made a mistake. Now it's just going to take me thirty seconds to pull into position to fire, and if he if he deviates his course, I'll get him quicker. And I felt like that with Red October when the subs were fighting. Is that um, they, they're going around in a circle actually before Tupolev, um, after he fires his onset missile and then it goes to one of the radio guys inside one of the ships and he's like, it is like the, the Russian sub is way faster. It's just a matter of time. Well, 
those smaller attack subs would have the maneuverability. Some of the stuff though with the maneuverability, like when they're driving through that little channel, like I, I find that very challenging. Yeah. Um, especially when they're showing the sub, how close it's getting to the rocky outcroppings and everything else. It looks way too close. And I, I just don't, like I don't know anything about submarines, but I challenge that they are that maneuverable. Yeah. I also, when they said that the uh, Russians like, they knew those channels so well that they would test their new subs by taking them through those canyons. I, I have to question if, is that a real thing or is that, was that just made up for the story? Because if it was a real thing, then that makes that more plausible and interesting. If it's just some one-off line, some writer wrote, then that's Brent's right. It just seems, it does seem very... Well, but they spend a good amount of time. That's doing, not a quick yeah. scene. That's no, a, they that's do. a long they do. scene just showing, showing both like Ramius's like mastery of the submarine, right? Yeah. And any submarine, just his knowledge and, and mastery of that world. But then also showing that everyone doesn't matter how many times it's evidence that he's fucking great at what he does. Yeah, they should challenge say, every decision. They that do he makes. challenge him a lot at the end. Yeah. A Throughout. Lot. And his yeah. and his first his first assistant or his number one, Vasily, he's also one of the people who should not only know him best, but knows that they're defecting. So why he's the one who questions him is almost terrible writing. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's going to give him that one sonar ping when he's literally looking up through the periscope. Yeah. He's like, give me a ping, please. And he's like, but Captain, I shut up and fucking ping it, Sam Neill. We got this far for you to all of a sudden start questioning shit. Like, yeah. uh, that stuff bugs me, man. That stuff does bug me. Yeah. Anything Ramius says, you do. He's like, bend over and eat this shit nugget. And they all like, question yep. him killing that guy. What was the plan otherwise? Yeah. They were just going to tie Absolutely. Him up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that doesn't make the any fake sense. plan. The fake orders still have to come out. That guy's on board. So what? Yeah. I, yeah. Pay him. That, yeah. Guy, that guy was just like, <laughs> he's a political have, officer. You should have informed yeah. us that you were going to do it before you did it. Because now we feel like you're just doing whatever you want. Yeah. Fucking Tim Curry's. <laughs> I think it was Tim Curry. <laughs> <Good> bullshit. <laughs> Um, the so, other yeah, thing is, quest, yeah, the other question. thing that I, I found about them going through the channel uh, and, and, and trying to maneuver those rocks, and then he kept pushing them to like change. He would be like, now go at 26 knots, and now it's going to be even harder for you to make the next turn, and we're going to hit the wall. Yeah, recalculate, recalculate. Yeah, and he's like, why is he doing that? They're defecting. So like, why is he, because wh what they're doing is risking crashing the sub and killing them all right before they defect. Yeah. Well, and like I, I, I told you my feeling on that before was that like this is his life is operating these things and he knows after he does this, he'll never get another opportunity. So maybe it's like driving a fast car, driving a fast car and just throwing it down, like taking the top off and just letting your hair blow and just going faster than you probably should because you know it's the last time you're going to get to do it. And I, I, mean, I thought maybe it's because he wanted to keep the crew sharp. He knew they might get into some shit later on, so he's like, let's fucking keep them thinking. Like Everyone's just like, we're going to cruise through here at 12 knots. It's like, fuck that, 26 knots, recompute. And I'm, so, I mean, that's interesting. We all have a very different opinion of it. Mine is like, you you don't take any risks and you get yeah. that sub to the Americans. You're not wrong. In, in I'm the not grand scope guys, of things, you should not be doing that. And I'm yeah. not saying that you guys, um, those are actually very... The, the one thing a great movie does, a great script is, is it allows there to be an interpretation of what's going on. You don't necessarily need to let everybody know exactly. No, so I feel like because we all have a different opinion of those th that scene, or 
what the motivation of the characters is, that means the writing is good because they're not like, it's not black and white. I feel like you can go either way with that argument to tell you the truth. No, In I this situation with a scene this long to leave people wondering what it is about. I'm just saying his is, character is, is not a great. I'm character. saying Ramius is complex and that, that makes it interesting because his, sometimes his decisions are, you have to, it's like, it's like Silence of the Lambs with Hannibal Lecter. I, I don't want to know how Hannibal Lecter became a cannibal. I don't want to know any of that stuff. I want to be able to ha have some interpretation of my own. And I'll fill in those blanks, and he's a, an amazing character. Yeah. But when he makes decisions, we usually know why he's doing that. Uh, but you but you come to the, your own or rational... Out. You rationalize your own reasons why he's doing it, though, is what I'm saying. They're not telling you... He's not going to say it in dialogue. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's Hannibal, and I, that makes sense. Yes, but mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense because we all have different feelings about it. You feel like it's a bad idea. I feel like it's a bad idea, but I can see why he would do it. <laughs> and John thinks it's maybe a good idea strategically to keep everyone on their toes and ready for the emergency situation. So yeah. we all disagree with the quality of the decision, not just the intent behind it, right? So there should be some clarification there. Is Ramius losing it? Is this a little bit careless and stupid? Or likely not he's calculated on everything else so why would he do this now i guess when they're there could so be, close i guess there could be a little tiny bit of explanation there could be a little something maybe it wouldn't have been overriding to and like later in the it. movie it shows how important his crew is to him even though they're not defecting with him he makes a point to check to make sure that they've all been rescued that they are all taken care of if he gives a fuck why needlessly Risk maneuver otherwise. through that tight tight i mean it looks like feet it, it from does, the rocks does, to the yeah. sub in those scenes. I'm just You're guessing right. they'd be so much harder to detect by being in there, which is why he's in in the first place. I don't mind them going in there. Yeah. And they, then it's just, but it. then he goes so fast and maybe it's his confidence and ego coming in. Cause it seems like he has a little bit of that as well. But then, yeah. then the caterpillar sabotage happens and then he's like, no normal propulsion. And he's like, we won't be silent. He's like, fuck it. We're going. And I'm like, you're in a pretty big hurry but not that big a hurry maybe. And then of course it almost gets them killed because that plane flies overhead and yeah, like there's some, definitely some motive issues here. Yeah. Actually, that's true. We talked about people questioning his decision, but there are a couple of times questionable things that happen. So maybe I care less right. about them questioning going under his hmm. own propulsion and being exposed with the whole fleet looking for them is a very bad. Decision. I wish they would have, I wish cause like maybe if he's felt like he slowed down, the wave of ships coming behind them would have, overshot them and then they would have been more surrounded and easier to detect like if he had to maybe reason that out verbally or in some way a little bit more to get us behind his decision like no we keep going no matter what and it just doesn't seem like he's like a driven well he didn't need to send person. that letter well but he he kind of explains that no i know when he, he reached the new world but i mean he's Cortege. gonna kill the political officer anyways so that's kind of a burn, burn the ship's, ship's moment yeah yeah that's definitely is a burn the ship's moment yeah and then, anyways, so He's Jack like, I like Ryan to burn the ashes. So Jack, Jack Ryan gets on the Dallas and tells the captain, and the captain does not believe him. The nope. captain of the Dallas is like, he doesn't trust this guy. He's from the CIA, and the last thing a captain of a Navy vessel is going to do oh, is like, oh, I'm going to trust this around. CIA yeah. agent who just got on board because they know fucking what those guys do for a living, and they lie for a living. So he doesn't trust him, which makes sense. Yep. Which I really like. And also, he does say it's just a theory. He's like, this is my theory. Like, we have no intel yeah. to back up that this guy's defecting. And I do he, like that they emphasize that. It's just a theory. This yeah. is my theory. And then he's like, the crazy Ivan. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. 
It's he a goes good to guess. Starboard. It's a good guess. He goes I to guess. Starboard in the second half of the hour. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how he'd know kind how often stupid. Russian sub captains do crazy Ivans. Well, he wrote books on it. I know, but like, would that be a part he focused on? Be like to the T, Russians. Like they know Russians do crazy Ivans once in a while, but do they know? I don't know. Like it was pretty lucky that as soon as Alec Baldwin told him about the crazy Ivan, that Sean Connery started a crazy Ivan. So do Americans also? I question if American subs do that as well. That didn't and they seem just call to be the, something else. Maybe a crazy Jack. Yeah, because the only reason I say that is if it's such a crazy good tactic Peter. and and Russian naval commanders who are at the top of the top do it, why would the U.S. not also do something similar? I don't know. They probably do, but they call it something way more. Boring. Yeah, they call it the they call it the twist. Or something like after Chubby Check is the twist. Well, but the Russians don't call it a crazy Ivan. The Russians call it something else. They call it the. They probably have a the professional Krasnick name. Maneuver. The yeah. 360. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something simple. But it adds tension. I mean, the, the Jonesy explains it well. If they don't, if they're too close, when they stop, they just drift right into the back of them. And oh, I know. And then that music, and then yeah. they slowly. And everything's drifting. like quiet, and yeah. Like yeah, I do like Strangers that. in the night. I don't know. Like that, that part of it. Keeps the tension going pretty good. Strangers in the Keeps it going Crazy pretty Ivan. good. Crazy Ivan. Crazy Ivan. And then, um, so then uh, we have, so now I wanted to talk about one of the main characters in the movie who's throwing wrenches and shit is the saboteur. Yes. The goddamn cook. So who was the cook working for? Yeah. The KGB. Was he? So KGB is on board for the sub. So he didn't know they were defecting. Yeah. So by, by the time they're in the cavern, nothing really has happened that would indicate that something shady is going on to the crew. The Ramius is like, we're growing silent and we're going to go and hide from our motherland. And then this guy sabotages the caterpillar in the middle of the He's He's probably tunnel. actually like a Is he just a rogue fighter. element? Yeah. He he's probably belongs to like the right side. Like he belongs to people that we would consider the good guys because... He's working what he thinks is against the Russians to disable this sub. Yes. That is a dangerous sub for starting international nuclear potential war, right? So there's nothing in the script. He actually asks the, the, the guy he kills, Sean Connery, asks the diplomat on board how many KGB yeah. guys are on the sub. And he's GBU. like, if, I, if there are any, I would be the last person they would have told. Yeah. So in my opinion, this guy is working for the KGB. I don't get why the KGB would want to Because do this. That, that guy found out, this KGB agent who is implanted in the crew, found out that he, everyone knows that the fucking guy didn't slip on tea. And then everybody, so once that guy slips on tea, he knows the captain's doing something against the Russian government. And he's like, I got to stop him. I feel like that's a big leap. That's my, that was my leap. Yeah. I tried to like resolve what's going on. And um, so I guess a couple options would be maybe he's been slipped on by the KGB to sabotage the boat and see how the crew reacts to. Even the doctor something says. Something like that. Well, no, actually I, I can fucking tell you how they solved it because he asked that guy to come over. Cook's assistant, Logan, and watch me take the key away, and I'm taking this key. And that fucking KGB agent's like, that's fucking improper. Even the doctor's like, you can't have that key. And he's like, get out of here, fucking cook. And the KGB guy's like, this guy's fucking going rogue. So actually, that makes complete sense. But you'd have to, like, you'd have to suspect as the KGB, you'd be like, okay, there is a chance that Ramius is going to defect. And so that they assume every. A sub naval every Russian sub officer is going to defect so they put KGB on and be like if it looks like they're going to defect you got to blow up the ship and kill yourself it's just like the yeah. U it's just like in America right? they put like they put like those on airplanes they put like marshals but those, on the yeah, plane but those marshals aren't on. expected to blow up the plane if it's their hijacked no but if something happens they are supposed to act 
Yeah. Well, this guy was acting to blow the goddamn shit. So what I'm saying, if a terrorist took over the plane and uh, was going to do something bad with it, if blowing up the plane for the marshals is going to save people on the ground, they would have done that. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, I feel like we're it, going into the weeds on yeah, this KGB I would have maybe yeah. liked to know a bit more about that, but at, at the end of the day, he's trying to blow up the ship. They're working against him. It adds a last little bit of tension. Three, one, five. He doesn't even speak, does he? Not once. Does, no, the KGB guy, no. No. They didn't have to pay him then. Hmm. He might say, shit. Yeah, something like he that. He might say, shit. Um, what else? I don't know. There's, there's stuff at the end where there could American sub drivers just take over and start driving Russian subs with all the Russian dials and knobs and everything. With a they do it pretty well. I thought him getting Jack Ryan to drive the sub rather than the captain or someone else was kind of crazy. It was a little bit nuts. He's yeah. like, you don't drive a sub. Get there on the stick and turn the wheel to avoid. Why is he giving him the control when a, a, a torpedo? It's coming at them. He's like, yeah. I'm going to put a guy in charge that's never driven a sub before and he can steer this sub. Then I'm going to insult his book. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, fuck it. My life is meaningless. My hero told me my book sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but he does, he does take a minute of recourse when... Um, your conclusions when he were tells wrong, him, he goes, He goes, well, drive this. And he's like, he's like, but I'm not a field agent or whatever. And then Connery does t- spend a moment where he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, what kind of books are you write? CIA. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you're, you're, I did read. He's like, I know this book. Your conclusions were all wrong. Your book was shit. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm oh, oh, crash the sub into the bottom. <laughs> that could have been funny. Take him out of the wheel. <laughs> He doesn't know shit. His book sucked. Why His is he driving my sub? Shut down. You can't drive my sub any longer. They also, books are terrible. They also have uh, Vasily Sam Neill's character. He doesn't quite finish locking in a solution for the torpedo. So that's why the Red October never fires on the, uh, on the mm. Russian sub. Oh, so no one else can do that, I guess. Uh, Unless they can read Russian. That, probably. I think, you, you got to compute shit, I'd say, if you don't have your normal person doing that yeah you're fucked you yep. probably don't want a guy just visiting from an american ship doing your calculations probably not some All of the, the information's other, in russian some of the other russian officers didn't do much at that last battle jonesy took over the sonar um mm-hmm. and then ryan was driving the boat but like when they were having dinner the russians in there in that stateroom there was what at least 12 of them yeah i would like to have seen those officers actually showing their worth and maybe taking over the instruments they were brought up well they might have been in different areas too because there was that engineering uh guy he was down below yeah he just being went away. scotty mm. Mm. is and sam neil uh, the only one who gets shot yes oh yes he and then shot. that was also the raising of the stakes too in I honor of Samuel's character, I'll just call him Montana. I wish yeah. I could have seen Montana. Yeah, that's sad when he dies. Yeah. He seemed like a good guy. He's it's true. a good guy, actually. Yeah. And so, um, where initially they tried to fake the Red October's uh, explosion Sinking. by firing the torpedo, they actually get really lucky that that um, Russian sub comes and actually does blow itself up. Fooling the crew and everyone else watching, giving them nice, plausible deniability that the Red October is there. You've killed us, you ass. You arrogant ass. Yeah, like You've who does that? You've killed us. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's good probably too. not what your last words are going to be to the guy who killed you, you arrogant ass. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to get a point across here. You're arrogant and you're an asshole. Oh, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um, and then Jack Ryan goes back with the bear, Stanley's brother. That's right. 
la, la, la. Oh, that's not bad. No, that's pretty good. That sounded exactly like the song. Somewhat enjoyable. That's a little bit good. For calling this one, Hunt for Red October is a really good movie. Holy cow. Uh, spy flicks can sometimes have that timeless sense to them. Um, and if you look at some of the other Jack Ryan movies, they might not be amazing, but this is the best of them by far. And this is a staple of my return movie watching experiences. A lot of quotable lines, good strong characters, uh, excellent story. Um, and the way they carry it out is, uh, is money. So Red October, yes. And uh, Sean Connery, once again, playing a Russian, does a Scottish accent. Yeah. And no one cares. It's so funny. He's like so good. We didn't talk about the language transfer. Oh, yeah. This. That scene is really good. Yeah. The way they do that is really is, is I've never seen it anywhere else. And it's really good. Yeah. The way that they're speaking Russian and then it zooms in on that guy's lips. He's reading American. And then it comes back American. Yeah. And then everybody's talking. Yeah. The camera slowly, slowly moves Jesus Christ. Moves I can't in. believe I said that. English. English. The Please camera, forgive me. The camera. The Lord Almighty. The camera slowly moves into his lips speaking Russian. And then it slowly pulls back and it, he converts to English. Yeah. It's a very, very, very interesting uh, transition to. I meant I, the accent. I yeah. meant the accent, not the language. You did yeah. mean that. But I think that uh, <laughs> I feel like. I guess you couldn't have done this movie in uh, where they spoke in Russian the whole time. I don't know. You could have. I guess you could have. Yeah. I think but Americans. This was back when they thought Americans no way couldn't Sean handle. Was doing that. It changes they, the format of the movie. They couldn't handle subtitles, so like this is the way of making a, a an expensive movie viable to an American audience. Or how they used to You're do not it. making a blockbuster you gotta, with subtitles through the whole thing. Yeah, you either fully commit. And you go like Russian actors who have that accent and can and can pull it off. Uh, you don't half-ass it like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where Kevin Costner is doing his bullshit. His I bullshit think if accent. you were to make a movie like this today, though, I feel like you because there is three stories and two of them are English speaking. You could do it like a very authentic Russian version. Yeah. Then when they meet and they have that language barrier and he gets the cigarette, that scene's way more powerful. Totally. If they had been speaking in Russian with subtitles and that's the, the whole first time. you hear him speak English. Yeah. I mean, that could have been really good. But once yeah. again, not back then. I understand why in 88 they weren't willing to take There's those types of risks. Quite a bit in Russian, too. That follows the Red October crew like more than the other crews. So yeah. it would have been... You'd be reading heavy. subtitles one third of the time, which yeah. isn't I don't, so bad. I don't mind that. I think it's absolutely fine. So... Yeah. Interesting. I think it does hold up. Um... There's a lot more questions I had this time, but like I would, I would say that there isn't enough, there isn't enough bad about this movie to make it not, not. It's just a solid, solid, like it's you cool. said, espionage movie. Yeah, and it, I, maybe it is the best Jack Ryan movie of all of the ones that were that would translate are converted from a book to a movie. Yeah, I think it is. I think it probably is. Right. Um, this movie's not without its issues, but overall, I think it's it's like John says, it's a really good movie. I like. I like how you have an American versus the Russians movie where you're cheering for Russians and Americans. Yeah. Like yeah, that's a good, that's actually true. It's a, it's a really interesting kind of um, play on the whole thing because you're cheering for those guys to get away. You're cheering for the cause, which they're doing it for. Like you believe in everybody yeah. and, um, and they lead you through the story in a manner which like, like my big thing is always when there's those moments in movies where you just go like, Oh fuck that. Right. Yeah. Like there's just something that takes you out of it enough that it, it kind of ruins the movie for you. Yeah. And it doesn't happen in this. And I, I think that that's a fucking great movie still. Yeah. Yeah. Hold I up. agree. Yeah. 
Okay, we will end it there. Uh, Hunt for Red October is a solid espionage flick. Worth checking out for sure if you like subs and Sean Connery. But not if you like Halsey's naval maneuvers. He acted stupidly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy your shit. See you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.